if you are unhappy in any respect of your job, then you really do need to kind of go out there and explore because there is a lot out there. And if you're sort of miserable and looking forward and just saying, hey, I'm going to retire in 20 years or when I reach 65, and that's that's when my life is going to begin. It's just the wrong way to think about it. I think really what you need to do is figure out and, and you know, what it is. And because your career is a journey as your life is a journey and, it, it you know, it's super important. And, it, you know, the key is enjoying that that journey, what you're doing. This is the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. Your source for the strategies, systems, and insights you need to turn your dreams into your destiny. Every week, we dive into dynamic conversations as our host, Nicole Greer, interviews leadership and business experts. They're here to shed light on practical solutions to the challenges of personal and professional development. Now, here's your host, a professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome, everybody, to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. My name is Nicole Greer, and they call me the Vibrant Coach, and I have got a fantastic guest lined up for you today on the podcast. His name is Greg Martin. He's an investment banker, angel investor, entrepreneur, and regular host of a career podcast about the world of work and business. His day job involves advising corporate clients and business owners as they relentlessly, don't we know that? Relentlessly, that's how you got to act. Pursue growth at all costs to earn the next million dollars. Working on Bay Street, which some of you may not know is the Wall Street of Canada, Greg is surrounded by high achieving professionals across law, accounting, venture capital, private equity, and the big banks who work 80 plus hours a week to serve their clients. But at what cost to them? Oh, they don't get any time to have fun, do they, Greg? As the host of the Lifetime and Work podcast, Greg is on a mission to explore the world of work, the ups and downs behind taking big risks, and the payoffs that come with it. Through his diverse work background, Greg brings a unique perspective that emphasizes the importance of purpose. Oh, I love that. Fulfillment and personal growth. Yes. What is your why? Are you on a mission, people? As a food guy at heart, what? His first time as co-founder running a restaurant, catering and food e-commerce business during the pandemic was a big lesson in understanding the modern working world and today's American dream. We have so much in common, Greg. Welcome to the show. Thank, thank you very much, Nicole. Glad to be on. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. And so I started out in the restaurant business. And so I totally, oh, okay. totally get it. Yes, I did the Baskin Robbins. And then I did the Applebee's. I did all the things. And so I totally get that whole thing. And my, I was raised by a guy. Uh, my dad, his his name was Richard, but they called him Dickie. And he was the uh, food and beverage director for beautiful country clubs at, for a long time. So okay. even when I was not legal to work, I was working in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's in your blood. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's a love hate relationship. You know, I mean, I love it when everything's going great. And then you get yeah. one crazy customer and it's all over. But anyway, I'm so glad that you're on the show. So, Greg, uh, I am collecting definitions of leadership. What's your definition? Yeah, like I said, I, I, or I was thinking, I, I, I knew you were going to ask this. I think yeah, ton of ton of ways to kind of approach it. But I, you know, my thought on on sort of leadership is that no matter what situation you're in, any room has a has there's a leader, and it can be you and one other person. There can be twenty people. It can be your whole organization. You know, your whole thousand person organization. But there's always a leader. And the way I sort of think about you know who the leader is is the person who sort of understands the mission of that room and of that meeting of whatever it is, and then puts into action those things that you need to do to achieve that mission. And I, I just sort of feel like in any situation, that is the leader. That's who you want to be. It doesn't always mean 
talking the most or, or, or standing up there and, and yeah, speaking the loudest or with the most authority, a lot of times it's just, you know, saying that right thing. And whoever you are trying to be, if you're trying to be that leader in that room, I think there are ways you can sort of take yourself from, hey, I'm just someone listening to this conversation to sort of understanding, hey, here's what's going on, and then quickly becoming the leader. And so to me, that's that, you know, that's what I think of when I think of just that pure word leader. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great definition. Yeah, we're going to put all these definitions together. We're going to figure out what we come with. It's, it's our little way of doing some research. So I love what you're talking about. And in your bio, I loved what you said about uh, you have to have purpose and you've got to, let me see where it was. You were talking about purpose and fulfillment and personal growth. I love those three things so much. What's your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is in life? What are you What are you doing with your life, Greg Martin? Tell us a little bit about purpose, fulfillment, and personal growth. Yeah, I mean, the challenge when you ask someone that who has it in their bio is they have they have a very long answer. There's, there's a lot to oh, it. Oh, that's fine. But um, no, I, I honestly, you know, my story and where I sort of start and and to where I am today really comes down to thinking about that. I mean, when I finished school and I started, I was doing business, figured I, you know, I'll, I'll take a job I can get it. I was in investment banking and I didn't really think about purpose or what I was trying to do. I was just trying to be, you know, successful and, you know, quote, quoting that, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And I think it was just, hey, let's make money. Let's have people like me. Let me get promoted. Let me do it. And, you know, over time, I, I mean, I initially had thought I would be in investment banking for, you know, one or two years, it's, it, the, the hours are crazy. It's, it's you know, uh, 80, 100, 120 hour weeks, like as many hours as you can work, you can fit into a, a week they do. And, you know, but my thought was, I'll do that for a couple of years and then go and do something else. And what I found was I sort of hit the 10 year mark of being in investment banking. I was still there and had this thought of like, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What, you know, what am I trying to achieve? And that's mm-hmm. what led to that whole sort of restaurant thing of trying to figure that out. And, um, and, and I think, you know, through all that, you know, what I realized is that there was, you know, kind of these elements of things that I liked doing. And, you know, for me, putting them together was the core. But I mean, it's honestly like a lot simpler when I really go back to it a lot simpler than what I kind of thought I was trying to achieve. I think I had spent a lot of my career trying to achieve something that people would look at and think I was successful. And I think really, it's me like, do I and comes down to do I enjoy my day, like my work day? And am I doing something that's challenging and rewarding the next, you know, the next task always more challenging and always more rewarding. And as long as I put myself in that situation, I could be kind of doing anything and feel purposeful and feel fulfilled. There's not, I, I don't have this thing like, Hey, in, in 20 years, I want to achieve this or that. I, I, I realized that that doesn't, it's not good for me. Um, it's not, it's not sort of what I need. It's really, uh, like, Hey, today is your life today. Today is now worry about where you are now today and what you're doing. And so that to me is, is kind of how I've, framed purpose. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And so this is what he said, everybody. I, I took some quick notes and I always like to give people the like the cliff notes I'm taking. So, you know, you said, uh, if you're, if you have purpose, you know, because you have joy and I couldn't agree more. I mean, like if you're having a good time doing what you're doing, I, I think that's kind of what the creator wants for us, right? Like to have a, you know, to enjoy this life uh, and that you're challenged and and there's some kind of rewards, whether it's just feeling good or helping people or making lots of money, uh, whatever the reward might be. 
and and you said it doesn't really matter what I'm doing as long as I get the joy, the challenge, and the reward. So I think that's beautiful. And uh, listeners, I've I've offered this before, but um, I believe in this mission statement work so much. Um, and as you know, my mission statement is um, Nicole Greer's on a mission to energize, impact, and influence people to lead a more vibrant life through engaging what's possible and making it probable. And if you want a document that'll help you do it, it comes from Lori Beth Jones' book, The Path, which changed my life. Email me and I'll get it to you. All right. I love mission, purpose, fulfillment, all those things you're talking about. That's fantastic. Well, you made that big change, right? You went from 10 years investment baking, working like a dog. That's what I heard. Not calling you a dog. You just worked like one, right? It's better. And it's, then, not, it's not 100 hours every week, but it, it, it it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. That's right. But you learned a lot about money, which I think people are missing in this life, right? You got to learn, you got to understand money. It's really important. <laughs> um, all right. So, I, you know, you made this big change. And so if somebody else is listening to this, like I work like a dog too, and I'm busy all the time. And I don't know if the, what I'm doing is for me. Uh, when is it the time to make a big change? Like maybe starting a business like you or finding a new job? So I think if you really, like with me, I really wanted to do it. The, yeah. at some point it wasn't it didn't I didn't really care when I just I knew I had to do it at some point it was sort of this thing in me and I think I hope that you know right I think I think that you know why within you whether you do it it's a lot more though I think how you go ahead and do it yeah. when I what I did was I very slowly spent little extra time that I had you know free time thinking about it writing business plans talking to people going and actually starting the business and 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 I still like even we, we so we started a, a food and restaurant business um we, we focus a lot on catering and office lunches and that sort of thing and so I just was I, I was right close to where my office was for for my day job and so I just sort of you know got involved slowly that way and that worked for me like I was terrified of, of going and leaving my secure job I, I you know being able to have enough money, being able to, you know, kind of earn a living, be able to support the business, not knowing what was going on. So I think, you know, you kind of have to do it in your own way. And I think that's fine. But at the same time, I think, you know, it became something that I just couldn't stop thinking about. Like I, I couldn't work properly. I couldn't do my old job the same way because it just kind of kept becoming, overcoming my thoughts. And I think you just kind of do that. What I was actually looking for was that challenge. My my day job didn't provide that challenge that I needed anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe not even recognizing that, but that's what was happening to me now that I look back. And so, you know, eventually I had to do something. It doesn't mean you have to go start your own business though. You just, you know, there's lots of things you can do to change, but I knew that I needed to change at some point. Yeah. All right. So uh, the right time to do it is I'm hearing like when you kind of get that obsessive thought that just keeps coming back around. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And so I just really wanted to do it, he said. So like, you know, here's the thing, people pay attention to what like maybe your heart uh, and dare I say this, maybe your soul is trying to tell you, you know, like step out, do something really big, live out the vision. That's fantastic. So you went ahead and did it and just noticed that, you know, you got to do things scared. He said he was terrified. And I think that's another thing about being entrepreneurial or, you know, stepping into a whole new career. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. What do you think about that? Yes. Well, scary is good. Um, it's it's, it's yeah. good. I think I had to, my son went to a, a day camp today, which he was terrified of. I dropped him off and he's crying and oh, just so upset about it. He's six. And, and I told, I, it does, it kind of works. It kind of doesn't work, but I told him, I'm just like, Scary things are actually good. You're going to come home and, and having loved, you know, saying you loved it. 
but yes, the unknown is scary. And that's what it was for me. I, you know, you know something for however many years and you're just comfortable there. And there's a discomfort that you have to have. And I, you know, in again, not going back to that feeling, I had this feeling I knew I needed to go and get mm-hmm. uncomfortable, be in a new situation, but it's scary. And I think that's okay. I, I, I think you have this thought that's, that's for some reason that if you're sort of not quote unquote successful, that you're going to end up, you know, homeless and without anything. And just, I don't, you know, that was never really the downside, but in your head, you're, you're worried about it. That's what you think. And you know, what saving grace I had maybe potentially was that, and I realized this even better now is that you can always go back. I, I you know, I was, I was in a field for 10, 11 years. I'm very well qualified to go right back into that same field when I, you know, got the entrepreneurial thing out of my system, um, which I did. So I actually, I left my, you know, started this food business. The pandemic was very tough on us. I, I realized I couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. And I actually ended up going, you know, straight back to that career. But as a different person, having learned all these new things, having done just a different experience, having lived this restaurant thing for, you know, two, three years, we had done it for five, ultimately. Um, and it was Yeah, it was just it was it, uh, when I came back to the world of investment banking, a totally different approach to my mindset, my perspective. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, I think that the mindset that people need um, in the corporate world is the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, instead of having a job, you come at your job with this entrepreneurial mindset, it can change everything. I love that. That's fantastic. How do you see what's going on in in the work that you're doing right now? How are you seeing companies motivate their employees to achieve their best work? You know, you you went out, you did this entrepreneurial thing, and I and that's what I do every day of my life. And so it's like, if it's to be, it's up to me, you know. And so I've got to show up 100 uh, percent or as close to it as possible in order to get things done for the day. But you've got some experience where you were out there trying to make it happen entrepreneurially. Uh, stinking COVID messed it up for you. I am so sorry, by the way. That's yeah. terrible. Um, but then coming back to work with this new mindset and everything, what are you seeing that uh, companies could do to help their employees achieve more, do their best work? So I find, I mean, there's the natural thing of money and money goes so far, but, and people talk about culture as well, which I think a lot of people think of as means, you know, do you have, um, socials do you have you know ping pong table and all those sorts of things and those things help i think they're um you know people like ping pong and money um but really when it comes down to it i I think what people are driving towards is having more and more influence more and more say on the organization and just being a part of something like so many people want to be a part of something where we don't always have to be the leader the head of the group but we do want to believe in something and we do want to be a part of it and so and it doesn't have to be that doesn't mean that only companies that have this crazy altruistic vision need to be it. Honestly, it can be, hey, we're trying to sell, I don't know, use for the office, we're trying to sell paper. And what's the vision? Like, how are we doing that? How are we employing all these people and making it exciting and and, and sort of doing all that? And I think the more you can have your entire organization participate in that and feel part of that and important, I think the, the more and the better culture you create. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And so, you know, that's what I'm all about, building a vibrant culture. And uh, I agree. Ping pong is fun, but we have to get some work done. And I think having socials is great. However, I am going to say for probably the 27th time on this podcast, stop buying pizza for people. They want something different. Would you stop buying pizza? Get a nice salad brought in. Bring in a nice bowl with some, you know, grains and veggies. I'm just saying, feed your people so they feel good and they can work good. All right. That's the end of that uh, diatribe. 
Okay. So he says, you know, they, people want more influence and they want more say, and you know, Greg, when I talk about culture to people and I give presentations and that kind of thing, I'm like, you know, people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And you said that, like they want to contribute to the vision, but like, where are we going and how are we going to get there? And please connect my job to how we get there. So I see it. So I think you're right on. And then when they see it, they can believe in it because you said they have to believe something. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, I, I and I found that like running a running a restaurant, you know, we had like 17 employees, probably maybe 20 at our peak, and they're above minimum wage, but not that much more above minimum wage people. And they all just come to work. Like if you have a vision and you're trying to achieve something, they come to work with such energy and, and just a joy. I think I don't know, like they, you know, again, yeah. every day is not amazing. Like whatever, it's not going to change that. There's you sometimes you get a nail in your tire in your tire, whatever. Bad things happen, but. You know, you come into it with this, hey, I know what we're trying to achieve and I was a part of it. And that's what you kind of want. I think, you know, no matter who you are. Yeah, I agree. Well, it goes right back to what you said at the beginning, you know, like some days is full of joy and that's wonderful and, you know, is motivating. And then some days there's a challenge. And uh, really, I don't know about you, Greg, but like, I love a good challenge. I'm like, okay, let's, (laughs) let's put our heads together. You know, let's dig deep. How can we solve this thing? Let's get going, you know? Um, And whether the day is full of joy or full of challenges at the end of the day, if you can go, man, we MacGyvered it, we did it, you know, then that's the reward, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier this definition of like success and you kind of said, you know, there's success and then there's, you know, fulfillment. Um, But, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is what does success mean when starting a business? You know, if somebody said, I want to have a successful business, what would what would they do and how can how can somebody achieve it? Or, you know, even if you're just starting this week, you know, hello, it's Monday. So how how do we have success this week? How do we achieve it? So there are very easy ways to gauge success with a business and and maybe almost unfortunately, because typically with any business, you have a lot of comparisons. If you open up a dry cleaner, there's probably another dry cleaner within the vicinity and you can kind of compare. Are you busier than them? Are they not? Are they, you know, how are they doing it versus you? And I think that's the trap that, yes, you want to know about it, but don't define success based on that. I think how you have to define the success is around what do you want out of it? And are you getting that out of it? So, you know, why did you open this dry cleaner? And, you know, is it that you want to golf every morning and have something that works by itself and you can generate a bit of income? Is it because you want to, I don't know, make $20 million and, you know, what is the thing that you want out of it that is driving you to to open this restaurant, this dry cleaner, this new business? And and are you getting that? And, And I think, you know, I was never overly honest with myself. I think that was one of my mm. kind of issues. Is I was never totally honest with myself on what I wanted. I think I, you know, I wanted to just be successful, which to me meant having a business that where I could provide an income to me and lots of people, it would be busy all the time. Like that was sort of it. And what was missing with that was, well, what, did I, what would I want though? Like, what was, what was my day? Like, what was I doing? What was my influence? How, you know, a lot of those things. And really, you know, I, I think over time realized that I didn't need a I didn't need to have the restaurant to get that. I, I wanted to be able to influence people. I wanted to be able to be involved in businesses and make help make decisions and help those businesses grow and all those things. And I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily need a restaurant to do that. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, everyone's got their own definition of success, but I think you know I 100 agree with what you're saying. Like you got to figure that out. You got to tell people about it early. Start talking to people about it. Why are you doing this? What do you want out of it? What does success mean to you? Because it's very hard to get anywhere. You don't know where you're trying to go. 
Oh, that's 100% right. In fact, I've got, you know, I, I'll mention it again, friends, listeners, um, I've got a little kind of recipe for leadership right now. This is how I'm putting it together right now, Greg. I'm, I'm going to take all these other definitions that I've gotten and make sure all these geniuses who come on my show, I'm making sure that it's in the content. But I, you know, the first thing is like leaders just need to lead with clarity, you know, and that's what you're saying, like define success, you know? Um, and then everybody knows this is what we're doing. Um, I, you know, I have a client and uh, working with the folks that are at the supervisory level and they got this big directive from the home office to like, we're going to double what we're making this year. And everybody's like, what? And so it's so confusing to people because they're like, how are we going to do that? Now, I think they can. And the people up here think they can, but it's not been communicated how we can. Right. Um, and so then it feels like a threat instead of an opportunity, you know? Right. So it's it's really, really about that. And you, you you said this really great little phrase. You said, I was never really overly honest with myself. And man, isn't that the truth about being in leadership is you got to sit your butt in a chair and get honest. <laughs> like what's happening, right? So important. Yeah. Otherwise you pay for it later. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and really, everybody, you know, that's the, the researched uh, skill of reflection. Every leader needs to be um, seriously good at sitting down and being overly honest with themselves. So I think that's fantastic. Are you ready to build your vibrant culture? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with their strategies, systems, and smarts to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Your organization will get lit from within. Email her at Nicole at VibrantCulture.com. And be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at VibrantCulture.com. All right. So you've got a question that you wanted me to ask you. And, you know, we've not talked about layoffs on the show before. And so you must have some experience. How can you turn a layoff into an opportunity for career growth? Tell me about that question and what's the answer? Yeah. So, well, interestingly, I, I was laid off. Uh, it was a, and it was a mildly funny story. I was just, I was working a lot. And so I eventually reached a breaking point of, of uh, you know, type of burnout and I quit and uh, my company didn't like that. They, <laughs> I was, you know, I was good at it. They had lost a bunch of people already. They wanted me to stay and they were actually quite good about it. Um, and, uh, you know, gave me a bunch of extra vacation and switched my position slightly and did a bunch of things. And, then, you know, six to eight months later, the company itself wasn't doing so well. And so, mm. uh, you, you know, when they were, they decided, hey, we need to do some layoffs. And when that came, they said, well, didn't Greg say he wanted to leave? Let's, let's lay him off. So I got laid off. Um, oh, no, it. I'm and, sorry. And uh, I mean, it was, you know, I guess, I don't, I don't know, it's a, a, a curse and a blessing, I guess, maybe at the same time. But, mm -hmm. you know, when there's lots of people, lots of people getting laid off across technology right now has been, you know, hey, the last few years, there's just been so much hiring and now people are getting laid off. And what's interesting and happening is in a lot of ways, well, first of all, you get some severance. So you get, you know, you have a bit of, you're paid actually to do nothing in, in, in some cases or to find a new job. But if that new job is, starting your own business or just or traveling or doing something else like you can really get a lot out of that like that can actually be a, a great way I you know some people I say I, I try to tell like you know you have this tendency to panic when you get when you get laid off and you're worried that because it's insulting you, you know one, you're, you're being broken up with and you have no choice it's insulting it's it's you know it doesn't feel good but really it's like well 
I've got a few months off here. Like, when do I ever have a few months off? Like, you can do anything. You can go travel for three months. You're not going to get that chance otherwise. You can go, you know, start a new business. You can whatever. I don't know. Watch all the movies that you never saw. You can do whatever you want. Learn a language. I, I don't know. It's, it's It can definitely be an opportunity uh, for you. So I think, you know, you really have to, I don't know, I'm maybe just an optimist at heart, but I, you know, I think that you just have to work towards turning it around that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and I do believe in that old saying, you know, one door closes and another opens. I, I believe that with all my heart, yeah. you know, because I've had things, you know, uh, that I'm a lot older than you, but like I've had things happen and I'm like, what just happened? And then like, if you'll just, you know, stay calm, you know, get a plan of action, you know, um, great things can really, really happen. Uh, out of that. So I, I agree with you. And if you get three months severance, you should you should not take all three and travel because you'll be broke. But <laughs> you should take Don't at least two weeks, yeah. three weeks max, and then come home, get your resume together, get your act together. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's just mama Nicole saying that. Okay. So I love that. All right. Sarah, what are some tips that you might have for identifying the career or the job that is right for you? You've had, um, kind of some different hats on investment banking, restaurateur. So tell us about that. What are some tips for identifying the career or job that is right for you? Yeah. So that's a lot of the reason and the rationale for the podcast that I, I host Lifetime at Work. It's really about that. It's, you know, are we happy in our jobs? What are we trying to get out of these jobs? You know, why do we have them? What's the right one for me? And I think, you know, I'm, you know, mid to late thirties. And that's the question that we're all asking ourselves. We've been doing a job for however long and we're trying to like, is this it? Am I just doing this until I'm retiring? And that, that's, you know, how I've been thinking as well. But, you know, it just, it just is the topic. It's, it's what everyone is, is sort of saying. But I also, it's a challenge, right? You kind of graduate from university. Now it's like, let's go out in the world. And it's hard to know with conviction that you're going to do this thing forever. And I think the big thing that people miss, though, and this is just me from talking to lots of people on the podcast, talking to people who are, you know, kind of my age going through this and, and young people as well trying to find direction out there is a lot of people think of the role and the company they want to work for, and what it does. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't really matter what it does. It kind of a lot more matters what you do and the skills that you do within that business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think the the sales opportunity is is, is probably the, maybe one of the better examples where it doesn't really matter what you're selling. It matters a lot more how your organization goes about selling and what you do in the business. It, you know, and I found that in, in investment banking where in my role as well, where it's not really about the technical, like the hard part is not the technical know-how of how things work or the math or anything like that. A lot more is dealing with people, understanding what people are talking about, client service, you know, working in teams, like there's all these things. And really, that is what makes a job good or bad, I, I think anyways. And, and so if you what you need to do is sort of find and put yourself in a situation where you can be flexing those, call it like non technical skills, like it's not about the engineering, it's not about whatever, it's about the the communication and the leadership and a lot of those where you can be flexing. And I think that's really what it is. So I think people just get hung up with I like sports. So I want to find a career in sports. And it's like, Yes, maybe that's ideal, maybe, but it can be really challenging and, and you may not be able to find the perfect thing for you within sports. And I don't think it matters. I think what does matter is that you're you know, being challenged in your job, you're, you're, you're on a track, you're using skills that you have that can better you and, and can you can advance in your career. And I, and, and I just think that that's kind of what you're ultimately searching for. And it's hard to know all the jobs out there, right? So you just kind of have to get into it and keep looking. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I do love what you're saying, though, about um, it's really about the communication, the teamwork, the people you're going to work with. And that's why that's that's what we teach when we talk about build a vibrant culture. You need to be working with a happy group of people doing work that they love. Uh, and to your point, you know, if you could have the, you know, both things at sports and that, hallelujah, I have, you know, won the lottery. But yeah. Definitely working with great people is everything. And they say the statistic, you probably already know this, Greg, is that when people quit a job, uh, they usually don't quit the job. They quit the manager. Yeah. And so and so having a great leader is ultimately important as well. And so you got to know a lot about your leader when you're interviewing for a position, that kind of thing. And, you know, inside Build a Vibrant Culture, we have a full um, services of recruiting. And one of the things that we do when we recruit for a company is we we get the download on who the manager is for the person who we're going to recruit and share some intimate things about them in terms of like where not just where they went to school or what kind of degree they have but like you know what their philosophy is and what they're hoping to do inside that you know what the what the career path is for that job so you know when you're identifying the career or job that is right for you you've got to be working with a recruiter and you got to be working with a company who's willing to kind of open up the curtain and let you in a little bit during the job interview process and yeah. i i find that that is hard uh for people to find and so when they work with us they're they're totally tickled about that and it's really about the opportunity so i'd call what you're talking about soft skills they're Do soft you agree skills. with that yeah they are um yeah and- I just, I feel like that's where you get the most fulfillment out of these soft skills for some reason. And I don't, I never would have thought oh, that I'm not a soft skills guy by nature, by any means. Oh, like really? I was always like math and like, you know, because I can understand it. I hated a, you know, in school, a question where it Didn't was, like a, you know, class. right about this. I always liked where there was a definitive, the answer is 10, you know? Um, <laughs> but when you kind of get into it, like that's really, you know, those are really important and they're harder to learn in some cases. And really the only way to learn these soft skills sometimes is to like get into a job and do it. And see yeah, yeah. Or, you know, call Build a Vibrant Culture and we'll come in and we'll teach everybody <laughs> yeah. how to communicate. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. That's right. Okay. All right. So I've got uh, this last question for you. You know, I just recently, uh, maybe about three years ago, finally got my undergrad done and then I kept going and then I went and I got my MSOD, my Master of Science in Organization Development. And I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed getting my master's degree, way more than my undergrad, because it was tough to do an undergrad uh, at 42. But I'm curious, should I get it? Should people get an MBA? Should they get a master's degree? Should they start a business or join a tech company? What should people do with their lives after you've listened to all these people on your podcast? And tell them again about your podcast and then answer my question. Yeah, yeah. So it's Lifetime at Work podcast. Um, yeah. And as we do, I just interview different guests about their job and, and you know, the meaning and purpose and what it is and how they got into it and what they like and what they dislike about it. Mm. And and that's, you know, for me anyways, hope, my, you know, my goal is that other people who are listening to that can reflect on their own job when doing that and they understand it better because you're you're talking about it. I don't know. You, sometimes, and I've, it's just interesting. Like I have some really good friends of mine who I've interviewed and, uh, you know, one, for instance, is a doctor. And I, I never, t- I talked to him for an hour about being a doctor. I'm like, cool. Like I, I never had that conversation with That's him before. Awesome. And you just sort of learn about someone in, in that way. And I think learn a lot about yourself and what you're trying to get out of work and, and, and all that. Right. So 
Um, so I think that's the, the the big benefit. And now I'm forgetting your question was. <laughs> yeah, it you know people that you know again if they're career transitioning or they want to go up at the company they're in they want to get you know they're like I want to get promoted what do I need to do to get noticed what I you know so so should people you know not sure about whether or not they're they're living their life with joy challenge and purpose like you were talking about earlier should they get an MBA start a business or join a tech company yeah so. I, I do think more experience is better. So, okay, and I would say an MBA is an experience. Like any school is an experience. Hundred percent. The one, the one challenge, but but it could be another job. It could be starting a business. I think you have to think of all of it as experiences. You're going to learn about yourself and a lot about a lot of things doing it. I would say that an MBA in and I'm you know live in the world of finance, Bay Street, Wall Street. It's it's helpful, but what's most helpful is when you know where you're trying to go generally and you want to change the challenge with an MBA is it's a very expensive thing like it's just it's it's you you're not working for two years if you know generally and and you're paying for it and so to make that leap and to do that you you probably should at least have a pretty good sense for where you're trying to go because an MBA can actually provide you like a great reset on your career I know some people who have done it they were in one industry and they really wanted to shift to another and there's no way they can get into it unless they did cut of the MBA and that's just the route and I think that's you know great you also get an amazing network usually when you go ahead and do that. So if those things are, in, you know, they come at a high cost, but if those things, you know, are what you want to do, then, then, then totally you can. Though I didn't never got one. I never got a master's degree. I was just sort of an undergrad. And to me though, my, the MBA was starting a business. It was. Oh, that was an MBA. Believe me. And, and yeah, right. I, it was just right for me, right? It was the right thing for me. I needed to do it. I, I felt like I, you know, there was not as much in an MBA that I could have learned versus going and starting a business. And, uh, and I think I was right, but it's just pros and cons, honestly. And I think, so I think you really have to, when you're going and embarking on it, you don't have to know exactly what you want to do next after you take an MBA, but it is certainly helpful to know the zone that you're in and where you're trying to head and knowing that that is going to be the right thing. And most people with a master's do that, right? You're, you're trying to take a master's because you want to really specialize on this thing to get somewhere. And if that works, then totally. But I wouldn't do it to just find yourself. It's just really expensive. <laughs> yeah. So. And and maybe, maybe do it like I did it. Wait till you're, you're older. Yeah, it's never, exactly. Do, yeah. 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 Because then you're like, you know what you're interested in. You know, I, I think that, you know, still, I mean, still in your thirties, it's kind of like, I'm still kind of figuring it all out, you know? Uh, so uh, definitely. And uh, here's the thing I would tell you about MBAs, which, which I learned, I teach at um, University of North Carolina at Charlotte as an adjunct. And it's about 50, 50, $60,000 for an MBA, I think. And, um, and I think that's out there, but there are so many flex programs. That's the other thing I would say um, is I, I know so many people who are taking like one class towards their MBA at a time. So just take the one class. You don't have to buy the whole package. You know, you could just take one thing at a time and, and say, is this fun? Do I enjoy it? Because I love what Greg Martin is telling us today that you got to find joy, you got to find challenge, um, and you got to find reward in what you're doing. And I just love that that's your heart, you know, that you've got to live this life, what I would call a vibrant life instead yeah. of a vibrant culture. That's awesome. Well, we are at the top of the hour and I know that everybody's like, wait, 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 don't let Greg Martin go. He, he's got something else to share. I'm wondering if you've got one more nugget of genius that you'd like to live with our listeners, especially regarding your podcast, Lifetime at Work. Is there, are there some nuggets that you've picked up from that or something else you'd like to leave with us is kind of something to remember Greg Martin by? Yeah, I'd say for someone who wants to listen to, and this is just something that I've noticed from talking to a lot of people. So when I when I go and have a meeting with someone, and especially if it's on a Friday, 
I usually get this whole, you know, when you ask them, how are, how are, how are you doing? That's on Friday. They say, oh, it's Friday. Like they're just, they're happy that the week was over. And I think that, right, you know, I, I don't do that. Um, typically I'm, I'm actually really conscious of it because it's kind of, because it's become a pet peeve over time. I don't, it's, it's not about Mondays being good and Fridays being bad. I, I just very firmly personally believe that you can get an incredible amount of fulfillment out of your job. Like you can like Aww. life's purpose out of it. And like I say to on the podcast a bunch of times with uh, with various guests, you know, a hundred years ago there was you know, I don't know ten jobs. Like there was there was a very few things you could do. It's unbelievable how many different things we can do today, and that's both provides an incredible amount of opportunity, but it's also kind of daunting because you're now it's hard to even conceptualize how many different types of jobs, companies, things you can do out there. But if you are unhappy in any respect of your job, then you really do need to kind of go out there and explore because there is a lot out there. And if you're sort of miserable and looking forward and just saying, hey, I'm going to retire in 20 years or when I reach 65, and that's that's when my life is going to begin. It's just the wrong way to think about it. I think really what you need to do is figure out and, and you know, what it is. And because your career is a journey as your life is a journey and, it, it you know, it's super important. And, you know, the key is enjoying that that journey, what you're doing. And so that's what I try to get out of people ultimately on the podcast as well. And and just, you know, everyone's got a bit of a different take and a bit of a different story on that. But, um, you know, you can definitely learn a lot from people and the mistakes they've made. So that's that's kind of the idea. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. Um, it's all about fulfillment, you know, and Greg, um, I had a master coach tell me one time, he said, uh, you know, life is like a dim sum restaurant. I don't know if if, if any of y'all have ever been to a dim sum restaurant. Yeah, it's I a have. Chinese restaurant where they have little carts and these little guys and gals run around the, the restaurant and they're like, do you want one of these? Do you want one of these? Do you want one of these? <laughs> and you can say yes or no. Um, and really, he's like, you know, if people could just see the opportunities that are out there. And so if you want to listen to people who have explored all sorts of different roles and positions, go over to Greg's podcast. He's a lifetime at work and he uh, you can find him at www.lifetimeatwork.com. And also Greg is on the LinkedIn, of course. So go to linkedin.com and then it's Greg Martin 416. Greg, uh, I am so grateful to have you on the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. Anything else you want to share with the listeners before we sign off? No, that's great. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity and and uh, love, love chatting. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it was definitely a pleasure. All right, everybody. I know that Greg and I would both personally be so indebted if you would go down right now and click the like button and subscribe to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. And would you leave a little love note for Greg? I mean, the guy is all about joy, challenge, reward. Uh, he's all about chasing down that feeling that there might be something else you could do with your career, taking the opportunities, being overly honest with yourself and figure out know where you're going to go. Thank you so much, Greg Martin, for being on the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more like-minded listeners. Remember, the journey to building a vibrant culture never stops. Stay inspired, keep nurturing your vibrant culture, and we can't wait to reconnect with you on the next exciting episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast.